Father, we thank you that you call us salt and light. Thank you that you have made us who we are as communities. Thank you for our holy calling and for the privilege and responsibility that brings. May we rejoice in your trust in us as we seek to trust you in all things and for all things. By the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this lovely weather has brought out the daffodils. And they're in prime form for Dives Dewey Sant. A wonderful array all over the place. And the daffodil reminds us all of St. David in one particular way. Not only the bright, shining colour, but the trumpet on the head of the daffodil. A trumpet that was true of David, that he did not ever, as far as we know, blow his own trumpet, but rather he trumpeted for God, for the kingdom, for King Jesus, and for all that that kingdom could mean in the world, and for the nation that he loved, the nation of Wales. His words counted for so much. And the way that he left this earth before he died gave us a unique gift. His last words, as many of you will remember, to his people before he died. He said to them, this community that he loved and nurtured and taught, and matured and given them that vision for seeing the whole of nation of Wales reached for Christ. He said to them, be joyful, keep the faith, and do the little things. Be joyful, keep the faith, and do the little things. He was echoing, wasn't he, those words of St. Paul that I've just read. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Be joyful. Keeping the faith. The faith that is rooted in a belief that it is God who hears our prayer. And it's through relationship with God in prayer that our faith is built. Let your requests, whatever you have on your mind, whatever's causing you anxiety or fear, let those requests be made known before God and he will guard your hearts, he'll keep your minds in peace. And just do the little things. Do the things that St. Paul described that you've seen and heard and received from me. Put them into practice, he said. The things that are true and noble, worthy of praise, admirable, excellent. Those are the things that if you just keep doing them, you'll find your whole body filled with life and light and you'll be like that light on the hill, like a city that together when people see this community at work and the love that is shared between these people, it will be 
an inspiration, an attractive community to be part of, and others all want to be part of that because it isn't to be found in that way anywhere else. You will be like salt in the world. You will preserve what is good, that you will add taste to whatever your lives touch as a community. You will be blessed in relationship with God as you live out that life. So I just want to spend a moment asking how we can, as people, learn to live this life of joy, of keeping the faith, of doing the little things. Three areas I want to touch on this morning briefly. How do we be joyful? My experience is, and I think the Bible teaches, that it is very much about perspective. The key to being joyful is about having a right perspective. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are below. In other words, don't go around looking at your feet and the muddy ground in your life, but look up and look out and see what God is doing and who God is. Circumstances of life change so much. One minute things are tough and you can easily be miserable, other times things make you happy. But that isn't the case for this teaching. Being joyful is about being inspired by the big vision of what God has done. I'm particularly joyful this morning because last night I was woken up at three o'clock in the morning by a WhatsApp with a picture of my new grandchild. Yeah, a little son who's been born to our son Matthew and his fiancée Chloe. So it sort of like puts everything else into perspective. All the things I'm worried about, everything. I just think, oh, wow, thank you, Lord. It's such a gift, such a joy to have that. But beyond that, as we look to God, the promises that he's given us in Jesus, the future that he has for us, the eternal future that he holds for us, safe in Christ. Those things are for whatever is important for us to keep our minds fixed on. We are to rejoice in the Lord and in his goodness and continued love for us. So be joyful is not be happy, you know, don't worry, be happy, you know how the song goes. It's not that. It's be joy, full of joy, joy in the Lord and his purposes and his promises. Secondly, St. David said to his little flock there in, in St. David's, keep the faith, keep the faith. What did he mean by that? Well, he knew that the Christian faith was under huge threat coming through the Dark Ages and finding so little uh, root in the nations. Druids and paganism were prevalent across Wales. But this faith 
this tiny flame of faith that God had kindled in his heart was something that he was now passing on to those who also were being drawn to that flame, like the moths. Paul speaks in another part to Timothy, his uh, mentee, and he talks about kindling the fire, the flame that is within you, that was planted by his mother and his grandmother. Grandparents do have a part to play in kindling faith. Because faith is a treasure. It is, as Jesus described in that parable, a pearl of great price. The kingdom of God, where we embrace that in our lives, is entrusted to us. And we are to value it and to hold it, not to hide it away like the light kept under a bowl and hidden because it's too, too precious. It's a personal thing. I remember my vicar once saying to me, actually he said to the PCC when people said, I, can't, I, I really can't talk about my faith with other people because I don't want to upset them. And I feel it's like putting myself forward. And he said in his wonderful Welsh accent, he, he said, Trevor, he said, the Christian faith is personal, but it's not private. It's not a private thing. Indeed, we are called to move outside of our comfort zone and to be able to articulate and to demonstrate in our lives what this life of Christ looks like. It's a treasure, not like a piece of gold, but sometimes like a, uh, a, a, a thing that you have in the kitchen, a wonderful knife that can be useful in so many different situations. It cuts tomatoes really beautifully and it enables us to cut open that pomegranate and reveal all the seeds inside. It'll do that if we are familiar with how to use it and to sharpen it. If it's left in the drawer, hidden away, that's no good to anybody, except it's there when you want it. So we have to use this faith and liberate it from its its almost like its cage within us. It's a faith that's been handed down to us from those who have gone before. It's something that has enabled the, the church of God in community to be responsible for in terms of its development and growth. And each of us is given that same responsibility and privilege as those saints down the ages were. They were called not just to build communities, stone communities, stone buildings to establish churches, but they were called to be living stones. People who would live out that life and keep the faith that was handed down through the Holy Scriptures. It's that faith. It's not any, any other faith. It's a given faith. And that's why the scriptures and the authority of scripture is at the heart of what it means to be a true disciple. So keeping the faith, keeping it alive, passing it on and keeping it pure. And then thirdly, doing the little things. Doing the little things. I wouldn't be surprised if when uh, 
Monty Don gets back onto the television, wouldn't that be lovely? And we got to see Gardner's world again. I think one of the first things he might well do is to say to us, make sure you get to those beds where the weeds are just starting to, to grow. And he'll show us with his hoe how to get rid of those tiny little weeds. Because if you catch weeds when they're little, it's quite easy to pull them up. If you let them grow and just sit back and enjoy a film or have a cup of coffee and ignore your garden, they'll soon take over. And those creations of the devil, the bindweed or the thistles, will throttle everything else. So if you do the little things but do them regularly, then you will find life becoming far more what God would have it be. It's about nurturing daily habits and patterns that are for one's own health and also the health of the world. We've been challenged just recently as a church to take up the Matthew 25 challenge. Some of you have been doing this, some of you haven't seen the card, do take one, it's not too late to participate. But the invitation is to do simple things that identify with Christ's teaching about how by doing small things, giving the thirsty a drink, reaching out to somebody going through a difficult time, wearing the same clothes that you wore yesterday, as long as you weren't running a marathon in them, so that you don't keep having to wash clothes all the time. Drink only water on one day. Doing little things, sleeping on the floor tonight. That may not be possible for some people, but it gives you an idea of what others are having to go through. All these little things that we can do as we establish habits that are holy and healthy. I don't know whether you came across Susanna Gill recently, who whose incredible achievement of running seven marathons in seven days across seven continents was celebrated. She was on breakfast television last week and uh, they just thought, how on earth did you do that? And she said, well, three years ago, I got on a treadmill in a gym and tried to run for 20 minutes and I was absolutely exhausted. But I knew I needed to keep going and continue because I just wanted to be able to run. And so day by day she built up that time and the amount of miles that she did on that treadmill. And now a few years later she has done seven marathons, one day after the other in seven continents. Building in those holy habits are about Christian discipleship. And David passed on to his followers and to us today these three key things. Be joyful, keep the faith, and do the little things. So let's be still for a moment and ask that the Lord would show us which of those that he would have us particularly focus on as we approach Lent 
And maybe one of those things might be part of our Lent discipline this year.